this episode of 92i Talks, actor-writer Pamela Adlin talks about her new show, Better Things, women in media, casting choices, and how to adapt your own life for the screen with Allie Wentworth. The conversation was recorded on November 2nd, 2016, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Live. Thank you guys for coming. I really, really appreciate it. And Allie. Uh, well, I got a hard so out in five minutes. I promote your show. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know. Let's not talk about nightcap at okay. November 16th at 8 o'clock. So, Pam, I want to get into, first of all, because I think it's important for people to know, your real story. You have three daughters. Yes, I do. A lot of people, like my husband, didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Well, he thought, you know, he, he watches a show with me, and I go, you know, she's a single mother with three daughters. I can't even believe George Stephanopoulos knows about me. <laughs> That's, uh, I can't wrap my brain around. You're his hall pass, honey. Too excited. Yeah. No, but you know, if you don't, obviously people say you write what you know, but you yeah. really know this world. Yes. <laughs> this is my world. I think the only thing that differs is that in my show, my mother is British and she lives across the street, and in real life, my mother's English and she lives next door. So. Wait, what's the difference between difference. British and English? Ask my mother. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Does she have an accent? Uh, yeah, she does. My mother's a war baby, and uh, she was born. She's like a hope and glory, you know, war baby, and didn't taste an orange until she was twelve, and that whole thing lived on the ration. So now she oh, keeps battle things. Thing. Yes. Oh, yes. You know. So. Um, and do you? Uh, I kind of yes. I I have a slight hoarding kind of. Well, there's thing. a hoarding vibe on the set. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And what about the artwork on the set? You know, the, the, um, most of the artwork that's in my house on the show is mine that I brought from my house and <laughs> threw up on my walls. And I said to, like, the art department and the lead man, I was like, okay, Dennis, this is, this is my stuff. Like, that's a David Cho. These are my grandmother's paintings. These are all... He's like, absolutely, with silk and marshmallows, we're going to wrap them. On the last day of shooting at the house, we were in Altadena, I see these guys that I've never seen before stacking my paintings on top of each other, and I just went white, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just, no art, season two, nothing, no. nothing. Do you use the kids' art? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, are these girls based on your three daughters? Yes, they're, they're, it's, it's Loosely? all... It's all based on my life, and you know, I have I have a depth of stories to tell there, but you know, it's kind of a catch twenty two because um, everybody's going to take everything that happens to me, and then the oldest daughter, my middle daughter, my youngest daughter, as exactly what's happening right. to all of us. So they, you know, they have to go along for the ride with that, and I'm I'm, I'm very respectful. I haven't co opted you know, super private stories. And there's things that are completely fictitious. And there's things that are pulled from life in the show. I'm telling stories, um, what you just saw in the finale about the finger and the girls in the locker room happened to some girls when I went to middle school. You so. were the girl who did it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm better now. <laughs> You just did it to I me went like through five a bad minutes ago. Phase. <laughs> um, I had a onesie. Okay, but 
I remember this, you know, um, my, uh, one of my best girlfriends was particularly traumatized by the girls in middle school. And she's a, a, an extremely successful woman now. Um, she's married to a very successful man and she is still haunted by what happened to her in middle school. Yeah. And she still, you know, jocks all these girls on Facebook and whatever. I'm like, why the fuck are you going on Facebook and looking for these girls who tortured you? She's like, I can't look away. Yeah. She's like obsessed. I get it. Middle school is like this intense time for people. Well, I have two daughters in middle school. So this is, yeah. I feel like I'm watching a discovery yeah. documentary. Yeah, like, it's like a horror yeah. movie. I'm like, yeah. No, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. with kids. It's white um, knuckling. So I, I completely identify with yeah. everything. And if yeah. you don't want to use your kids' stories, use mine. Because I can't use mine in my books because they get upset. Yeah, I Let's know. Let's just switch. Yeah. Okay. Good. Season I mean, your two. middle child. I need things. <laughs> oh, I gotta. I got. I got some stories. Good. Um, that aren't suitable for television. But your um, your middle child isn't transitioning. That's not a storyline that you've pulled from. Oh life. no, no, not at all. And I I don't know that Frankie is. You know, I yeah. I'm not. You know, everything when you're raising kids, when you are a kid, when you're in a family is extreme. You always think that you're, you're going through the worst of something and everybody's going through something at the same time in families. And one massively horrible thing could happen and the next day things are on a different trajectory. Right. So, um, you know, my uh, friend who was the first mom friend that I knew, her son is 25 now, my oldest is 19. Her, the quote that she said, to me that stays with me is you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. So true. And it is completely it's true. It's so true. Because if any of my kids are uh, bummed out or feeling weird or having anxiety, I, I don't feel or right. Or pregnant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Two. Um, is that a Jewish thing? Yeah, I oh. don't know. It's just like warding off any, yeah. I've had all their tubes tied. It's fine. I just, yeah. I just want that choice removed from all of them. Good for you. Make America better, right? <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So how did you cast these girls? Um, we, uh, Felicia Fasano, my casting director, she got over 2,000 submissions. I guess people want their kids to act really badly. Yeah. But there's a lot of low hands out there. Oh, it was crazy. And there were a lot of like kitchen tape auditions, yep. like kids in their kitchens or in weird paneled rooms in their houses all across America. And um, we, she weeded through them. And I, I needed some things specifically uh, uh, um, special about each girl. Right. And also I needed them to be authentic and natural right. instead of like, you know, so senator, you know, like that kind of thing. I needed it to be just let's everybody just be real. Yeah. So um, Because you have such a great relationship with them on screen. You're so cozy and warm and familiar. Yeah, and it that was that was massively important and we had a whole uh, time in pre-production where, you know, we did little games and exercises together, and then I brought Celia Emery in, who plays my mother in the show, to do it with them, and it was just, 
it was incredible just all the life that came from that. But it, it also made a bond. And now, you know, my own daughters are friends with these girls. And That's they great. all approved and picked. Yeah, my kids cast. They do, they yeah. They cast and I cast. I mean, that's so fun. Yeah, it was really fun until they, we got in a huge fight. I was like, no, yeah. I went with the really skinny girl. I'm sorry. I didn't go with the redhead. And they were like, great, your show's going to fail. And I was like, well, it, it will do on my own. That's right. Based on me, not on that character. Um, and tell me about the boyfriend or the lover or the long distant. Oh, the, the well. Because well, the first episode, there's this, there's this, you guys are texting and there's this That's really right, great the dots. music. Joni Mitchell. Beautiful, yes. Orchestral version of yes. Both Sides Now, class. Yes, which made me cry hours. only because it <laughs> Really? Joni's like 25? My entire music budget right there. It was, yeah. It was worth a great it. song for the moment. Though. Oh, I know, Mikey. I mean, it, oh. Is Mikey to here? Die for. Yeah, Mikey's the one who played me that, uh, that version. Well, thank you, Mikey. That's, that's a gunkle, that's a gunkle. Is that another Jewish thing? No, oh. it's gay uncle. Okay. <laughs> we'll Be see. any religion. Us wasps don't say that. Okay. They're, they're all gay, we just say it's my uncle. So that's <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but, but it, tell me about that relationship, because I find that fascinating. You're single, you you're know, a single mother. Who, I didn't I didn't want the show to be about like she's a single mom right, and she's she getting dating? laid every week and yeah, you know, I know. It's a totally different thing, you know, uh, it, it you know, in Los Angeles in particular, once you you've passed your sell-by date, which it's, is 12 by the way. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's pretty much like 25, you know, right. um, and so the men my age, that's the kind that's the age of women you know i mean that's like my competition but so i just basically take myself out of that and say okay well basically that's it for me it's over you know i can't like go on tinder and be like um you might remember me from californication you want to knock back some shots oh, with Kobe Spur for some like oh. how do you meet men so um, I just wanted it to be kind of this ethereal thing. Yeah, which that I, I love. Wasn't, yeah. So you're not having guest stars come in and play boyfriends. That's right. And, you know, who's the lover this week? Although it's a nice way to get laid. Yeah. Cast who you like. It could, it, it's true. Yeah. I suddenly realized with my show, we're going into our second season. I don't. I know. I was like, wait, wait a second. It's this like, is let's get cheap. Clive Owen, John yes. Hamm. Yes. Let's get them all in. Daniel yeah. Craig, I think, comes in one week to your talk show, right? Oh, yes, he does. And we wrestle. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I do make out with Sarah Jessica Parker, but that's a different that's thing. That's awesome. I loved every second of it. I would it. be um, down for that. Um, and so we never, we never meet him. I haven't. We don't meet the guy. Um, he actually, you see him. But I haven't seen that up in one. Yet. <laughs> but not one I've seen because I'm up to date. And then this yeah, it was uh, it was the second episode. We we knock boots at the end. We do. I st I steal a condom from my daughter's room. Yes. Oh yeah. yes, that's right. See his face, and then another one. But it's like very in and out. Like, does he live here? People are all. Speculating, he's married, he's whatever. But it's but I very like not... utilitarian. You're very like, yes, you're a guy. He's of use. Yeah, you're like you're getting he's off. He's of use. He's of yes. use. Yes. He's because you know use. many men are our age group. When they reach <laughs> their shelf life, they're not of use. Not at all. Right. 
Um, my show is about pretty much about men being not of use, except for when you need them. You need them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. I, I understand that. Um, let me ask you this. We you just talked about the shelf life and women in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But, you know, granted, you were a sexual icon in your day. But at this point, <laughs> as we both were, um, but it's pretty incredible that you, at your age in Hollywood, have created your own show. And yeah. by the way, I've had... I've, you know, gone to studios in the past and pitched shows about women our age, and they said nobody's going to watch a show about women your age. Yeah. You're either, you're either, you know, Pretty Little Liars or The Golden Girls, and there's yeah. nothing in between. And I, my hat is off to you that you went out and created a show about a woman our age yeah. that people want to see. That was that was the thing that was, uh, you know, for me was massively important. And after, um, you know. FX had decided to to do this project, and I had done the pilot, and then I got on the phone with John Langraff, and he and it was just he and I, and he said, "Well, this is essentially your dime." He said, "Just tell me where you see the show going before I decide I'm going to pick it up," and I said, "You know, I I want to see somebody like me represented on television. I love I I'm not going to hate on other shows. Um, I love." other shows, but, you know, my... Well, what, what shows do you hate? Well, I... <laughs> oh, nothing leaves this room. <laughs> Except the live stream. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to see uh, uh, somebody like me, my age represented, and, like, m me and my friends are real people. We're not, like, a sparkling piece of candy. We're not wearing Louboutins every second and, you know, mm -hmm. have our hair and makeup done and and all of our shit together all the time. And it, it's, um, it just doesn't, I, it would be nice to have it feel real. And I said to him, I wanted to elevate the mundane and I, I, I didn't need big giant things to happen and surreal things to happen. It's just regular life and that's pretty much enough. You know, like I, I say in the pilot, I wish for one boring day and it's true. Right. Just one day without a big shock of something. But see, that's what resonates about the show is, I mean, there's, you know, one can say in comedy, there's truth to comedy. You, you're, you know, I watch it and I connect with so many things. I laugh out loud because I've heard those words. I've been in that situation. Yep. I, um, and that's what makes it ring true. And that's why you want to watch it because it's, you know, oh, th this, is, this is me um, as opposed to, other great shows like Modern Family and the Goldbergs where yeah. the wife is like, oh, you, you, you. that kind of thing. Um, or they're, they're perfect and they have it all together. Um, so that's, you know, I'm... Well, it's just to, to, to have rough edges and to not explain things. I like to give people the opportunity to make up their own minds about what's happening. It's why I like art so much and I've been collecting art since I was 18 and you know it, it's up to your interpretation you know and you could get upset if somebody you know I bought a piece from a guy when I was a teenager and one person and it's this man like this and I always thought he was sleeping on a bench and somebody said oh he's dead and I was really pissed off I was like <laughs> I was like don't tell me what my painting is about like you know because it, it was very important to me but I want everybody to have their own experience with that and not over-explain. 
massively important to me. I, I, you don't have to explain. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but now when you look at, at the, you look at the future of the show, do you feel like you have to have these story arcs or do you, do you sort of fall into that like, well, how do I keep them hooked and is there a cliffhanger and, you know, all, do you fall into that? And how do you do that on a network show? Yeah. They need that. Well, they're, um, you know, they're not like any other network. They're just, you know, they give you all this latitude and they're uh, completely collaborative and they love the creative process of the artist. And so they gave me uh, all this space to tell the stories this way. And they loved the scripts and, and they, they read the scripts beforehand and they would see the episodes and they gave me money for music. And, um, you know, I really wanted to have Mother was massively important to me to get that song. Mm -hmm. And um, and they allowed me to do that. And then I had to kill my darlings in, in some ways because my budget was really small. And they're interested in what stories I'm gonna tell for season two, but they're not pushing it. It's, which is great. Yeah. Because usually that's the demise of the creative process. Yeah, I mean, it would- They muddle in. Yeah, they would be like, well, now Frankie's gonna be a boy, a episode one, season two, right? right. And Sam's- And we'll watch the- Yeah, exactly, the transition. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, and they're not demanding that I give them answers. Which is fantastic. Tell me about writing. You write it, what's your writer's room? How many people? Um, I don't have a writer's room. Um, I It's Louis C.K. and I wrote all the episodes and then I had hired um, Cindy Chupak and Gina Fattori. Cindy uh, wrote on Sex and the City and Gina wrote, um, she worked with me on Californication and King of the Hill. And um, I've known them for a long time and so they each did a draft. We we broke different concepts of mm -hmm. stories and then um, we kind of went through and made it tonally the way Louis and I talk as writers. It's very kind of a, a, a one one voice. So um, And Louis produces it too. That's right. right. And the director is neither of you. Um, well, I did, we, we had a couple of different directors, right. but then I ended up uh, directing my own show. Okay. At the beginning of the season, I was looking for a showrunner and director, and by the end I became my own showrunner and director. I want that. <laughs> You're gonna do did, it. Did you direct, which episode? I did, I directed two, two of them, yeah. Which number? The one you just saw. Really? And, uh, Amazing. That's great. Thank you. Good for you. Are you going to direct more? I'm going to direct the whole next season. <laughs> You're right here on the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Pam, that's fantastic. That's really fantastic. Thank you. I couldn't be yeah, it's good. In any more of you, because it's it's incredibly difficult to do that. And I'm not going to throw in the as a woman card. It's just it's really hard to create something and have financial backing. There's really like no it. better training than being a single mom of three girls <laughs> <laughs> to uh, take on a lot of activities. My favorite thing, one of my favorite things in the show, is there's a scene where she calls her daughter. And she says, I hate you, mom, which I'm now hearing all the time. Oh, yeah. And 
Pam says, you know, come on, that's getting old. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. It loses me. its sting the yeah. more you say it. And then she says, yeah, and I say, you got to come up with something else. And she, and she says, okay, you're short and you're getting old. <laughs> and I say, good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I recently, it, you can have it's it. It's fun. It gets, it, it's, it's so weird, like, how your kids get older and you're like, you know, I have friends who just, like, struggled, struggled, IVF, adoption, you know, um, surrogates, uh, you know, baby mamas taking their babies back, nightmares. They finally have kids, and now they're teenagers, and we're like, fuck this. What did what? we do this yeah. for? This is a nightmare. I'm giving her back they're to her awful. birth mother. They're not even cute. <laughs> yeah. They're mean. They oh, take yeah. Your, they're just, they suck all the money out of your wallet. They <laughs> take my fucking clothes. No, the first, the first eight kids I had were not cute, <laughs> yes. so I gave them away. It's horrible. No, I know. I recently, like a few months ago, Elliot, my eldest, did her first I Hate You. And uh, you're supposed to pat yourself on the back. A therapist told me that. Oh, I didn't that know. That when your kid says I hate you, you're doing your job. Good. Because she said it, and I was like, you know, you go to your room, which makes me feel like I'm reading a dumb script, like, you go to your room yeah. right now. Drink in the face, yeah. mister. So she goes stomping in, and all I hear is, I hate you, Allie Wentworth. I yeah. hate you, Allie Wentworth. <laughs> so I go stomping down the hallway, and I yeah. go, it's I hate you, Mom. Don't you sully the brand. That's <laughs> So I combat it right. with in a different way. Yeah. I, because... I had the mother that was the, you know, don't, 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 you're grounded, you're this. Oh, yeah, I, me too. But do you use comedy to parent? Because I do a little bit. Oh, yeah. I try, my, but my kids are so over me. <laughs> They're just so over me. And, oh, certainly when people are like, your mom's so funny. Oh, no. I no. love her. She's so funny. Does she make you laugh all the time? And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> Do you get this? When I go to any school, anything, we walk up the steps and they go, don't speak, don't do anything, yeah, don't, don't embarrass us. Don't touch me. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. look at me. Don't exist. How about putting dedicated to my daughters in my own handwriting at the end of my show and my kids are all like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could give two shits. Dedic <laughs> dedicated a book to them. Do they even know? Nothing. No. Have they read anything I've written? Nothing. No. I no. fucking hate them. I know. Hate them. <laughs> hate them. And everybody says, friends of mine that have boys say, oh, they love their mommy so much. Yeah. They're so, you know, mm, I, I get mm, nothing mm, from that. Mm, nothing. Mm, Although I'm training the younger one. I want her to be the one that stays and cares for me when I'm... <laughs> peeing in the bed and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them has to be a spinster and take the care one, of me. One of them, when you're shitting next to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, to take care of you. Yeah, you're wiping my ass, honey. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about the acne. Well, I, I, was, I was talking to my friend today, and I was talking about the girls, my daughters, and I was like, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. I don't think they... They even care that I was on Seth Meyers last night or whatever. They're not watching any of this stuff. She said, honey, everything's going to be fine, and they will love you so much once you're dead. 
they will appreciate the fuck out of you when you're dead. You gotta be dead. So. Can you do like a fake death and then come back and see how Doesn't they react? everybody fantasize about like their own funeral and whatever? Yes. That'd be a good episode. I gotta go start writing. You should. I'm go write. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do a monologue. Can you guys wait here for Sam one <laughs> Um <laughs> That is a great episode though. I bet yeah. if you came back, they'd cry for yeah. a while. Yeah. Somebody's trying to open that door. It'd be sad for a minute. Come in. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Agatha Christie. Hi. Who's here? Oh, oh it's Denzel Washington. Okay. All right. Oh, these are the, have some questions. These are the questions from the audience. Okay. Um, oh, I can't say that. Oh, that's disgusting. I'll okay. How did you come up with the title Better Things? Um, I always, uh, I loved, I love that. Title. I love it. It's a kink song that I love very much. The kinks. <laughs> Two. Three of us. We're going out after. That's good. Um, but I always, uh, I loved that title. And when um, Louie and I were doing Lucky Louie, um, originally it was called American Dad. And so I was like, oh, we have to call this show Better Things. It has to be Better Things, and that has to be our theme song, whatever. And he was like, totally. We're totally calling the show Better Things. It's a great title. That's going to be our theme song. And then it was called Lucky Louie. So <laughs> it was like... Oh. So then um, we, we actually did another pilot for CBS, and we wanted to call that Better Things, and CBS just totally killed that pilot. And so it was just... It's like I always knew that I wanted to name my oldest daughter Gideon, uh, even before I knew she was a boy or a girl, like I loved the name Gideon. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of kept that in my head and my friends were like, what names are you thinking of? And I would be like, um, teacher, lyric, music, justice. And they'd be like, you're naming a human being, not a dog, Pammy. And I would be like, okay. But I knew it was going to be Gideon, so I always wanted to call something better things. And Full House was already taken. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it feels positive. I like, I like that, and it's a good toast. My friends and I toast better things. better things. Yeah, it's great. Um, is there meaning to the girls' names, Duke and Frankie? Um, Max and Frankie and Phil and Sam are all family names. And uh, Felicia, my casting director, who's my friend, she named Duke. It's a great name, by the way. If I weren't postmenopausal and had another baby, yes, I would yeah. consider. <laughs> all right, oh, this is like a letter. Hi, hi, Pamela and Allie. What's your favorite aspect of the creative process? Producing, directing, writing, acting. What's the biggest challenge? Thanks, Laura. <laughs> XO, Laura. The biggest challenge, I think, is acting and writing. Yeah, producing is not fun, I find. I mean, I, I mean producing and directing is way easier than uh, acting and writing, I think. But producing, I find, on the set of Nightcap on Pop, November 16th at 8 o'clock. God damn it. I'm just saying, if you're looking. I'm right here. I, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I find producing. Uh, I don't like it. I can't. I don't. I can. I don't like a budget. I don't know 
what the key grip does. I, I'm, I'm all about craft service. I'll get involved in <laughs> Me that. Me too. Yeah, I'll I make those it. damn Rice Krispie treats I if love, I have to. I, lo I love being, you know, I've always been a, a mama, so that comes naturally to me. I mean, the line producing and all of that stuff, that, that stuff's difficult. No, or there's a problem in wardrobe. Where yeah. I'm, I, I'm not great at putting out fires, but I'm like you. If, if the, the boom guy has strep throat, I'm making soup at yeah. 2 in the morning. Yeah. Because I feel for him. Yeah, it's true. I, I just don't want him to come to work. I want him to get somebody else. I don't want the germs because I have a problem. Yeah, I saw that um, with the housekeeper. Yeah, I don't like, I don't, I you, have an issue. You have a, well, but, what are you talking about? What's this? What's, I know, it's just, it's just like a germ thing. But it's fine. I, it's fine. I'll, even I'll with, lick all your faces. I even with three even kids? Three kids? Yeah. You're just a... No, it's fine. I, I've gotten over it. I've gotten way, way past it. It's, I'm fine now. I'm fine. I used to bring, like, sheets to hotel rooms and, like, Clorox wipes. Oh, no. And, and like, um, alcohol swabs for the airplane and, like, all the... Do you have a lot of cats? No. Okay. Um, Sorry. I'll tell you one thing. I don't have it anymore. I don't... <laughs> Look, I'm touching the bottom of my shoe. Now I have to wash my hands. Oh, Lord. I have mono, but let's continue. Okay. Um, here, drink from mine. Um, uh, but directing you love, but which makes perfect yeah, sense it. because you, this is your, the whole thing is your creative down yeah, the Yeah, I painting. love it. Everything, the paintings and um, uh, the clothes for all the kids. I said they all have to be, all of the clothes are from Goodwill or Jewish Council Thrift or out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nothing new. And, um, and then Jewish Council Thrift keeps tweeting me. The, uh, the Council of Jewish Women, we love your show, Pamela. <laughs> and the... Uh, the deli around the corner from my house. We love you, Pamela. Come in for a sandwich. Yeah. Um, That's right. You know, my people. All right. What do you think? All right, this is good, because I wanted to ask this. What are you thinking next season? Any potential storylines? Anything, anything percolating? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, good to know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um... Everybody wants me to bring back Lenny Kravitz. They're all like, so bring back Lenny Kravitz. Bring back, you know, I mean, but what, what do you do? It's like Mel comes back into town. It's like, hey, remember my mom? That weird yeah, thing. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, you got to keep it, you got to yeah. keep it real. <laughs> keep it. Um, yeah. What's a dream song for you to include in the show? Oh, well, there were, there were two Bob Dylan songs that I just kind of was like, oh. Well, how much is Bob? Why is Joni Bob a dollar? Bob was expensive. Steve Winwood was the most expensive. And then I was like, fuck you, dear Mr. Fantasy. I never want to hear you again. It was like the most expensive thing in the world. He was more expensive than John Lennon and Plastic Ono Band. And I was like, wow. Um, there was one thing that I, I learned a lot about is how incredibly sadly corrupt the music industry is. You're Doing, just learning that yeah, now? Yeah, because I I was, you know, I'm you know, I'm very idealistic about certain things and I thought we're going to get everything, you know, and um 
I learned about licensing and publishing and that the artists really don't get a piece of right. their, like now I know why Prince drew a glyph on his head and to, dropped his name and he drew, wrote slave on his bot because the artists really don't know. And um, my, my real life daughters and myself, we love music from the 40s and we love old uh, throwback country and you know, um, original hip hop, and you just cannot touch these songs. And I want to expose people to people like Louis Jordan, Solomon Burke, and it's just unaffordable. That's amazing. Yeah. Who's cheap? Um, <laughs> just for my own. Well, personal. I got I got a lot of the wonderful Slim Guyard in in my show. I got uh, um, a few of his cues because um, I think the family was very shrewd and his son owns his catalog, so I was able to put that in my show. And I love exposing people to that Beautiful. kind of music. Meanwhile, my real life daughters are like, Mom, don't put our music in the show. Everybody's gonna copy us. And don't tell people where we shop. You told them Jewish Council Thrift? <laughs> I'm in trouble all the time. No, clearly, we see that from the show, that oh, you're in I'm trouble all in the trouble. time. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you, that you had put in your show that you took out in editing? Um, well, I just, uh, you know, I had to cut stuff just because For I had time. so much But content. there was nothing that you thought, you know what, I can't, I can't. Um, there I mean, were a couple the... of things that could have worked a little bit better. Yeah. But, um, you know, I had enough material to Do you reshoot? It. Um, I, I didn't do any reshoots. And, and you know, because I've been acting, uh, you know, pretty much my whole life, um, and I know what it's like to really pay with your marrow on a set when you start on a, a Friday and it turns into a fratter day, and you're like, it's just money going out the window and yeah. it's just time. And I just knew that I knew how to do this, you know, and, um, uh, from my whole life as an actor and then, uh, you know, learning, uh, working with Louis so many years and, and being nurtured as a producer and a writer and then as a director, I just had a skill set that I was able to, um, you know, kind of make the days as painless as possible and as uh, fruitful as possible. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I'm still very green on my set, but we shot 10 episodes and... My feeling was, there's no reason for us to be here at three in the morning. Like, I want to no. go home and not really do eighth grade math. But I that's no, really like, true. But like, I have a life. Like, nobody's funny at five in the morning. We're not coming in at five in the morning. We're, no, no, you know, it's a nightmare. It doesn't have to be as horrible as when that's I was right. an actress. It was. I don't have to share a tiny little space with the with the. Teamsters toilet like it's that's right it can be okay like I you know one uh, another person that I learned that from is that I did Tracy Ullman's show her show that was on like uh, I guess right when I first had my oldest daughter she's 19 now and the Tracy Ullman show that's right and I wa I was watching her and she was directing the show, starring the show, writing the show, running the show, and she was troubleshooting all these things, and it was all for her about getting home by dusk to be with her kids. And so for me, it's like, if I'm shooting in Altadena till like midnight or one in the morning, 
I get home, all of my kids are still up, and I look yep. at the babysitter, and I'm like, thanks a lot. Because I'm like, can anybody put them to bed? But yeah. they're all like this. They're like, hey, mom, what's up? They don't want to talk to me. They just want to be awake in my house I, all the time. I, I had the exact same thing. And, I, and also on my set, I said like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing in brownies and chocolate chip cookies and we're gonna, everybody has a life and this yeah. one has a new relationship and this one's yeah. in a horrible divorce and this one has kids and like, let's go, we, we also have a life, let's be very clear. Yeah. Um, and I, my kids used to come after school and do their homework, you know, in yeah. the rooms and unfortunately, my kids came and they were watching behind the monitor. They were really interested in how it all worked. And that was the day that I made out with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah! And my, no, there was no yeah. My 11-year-old <laughs> screamed and we had to retake it. She really? ruined the take, yes. And then my husband was like, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna take the kids out to dinner. I think we're gonna go, we're gonna go. George Stephanopoulos, you know. And the guys on the set were like, hey man, it's kinda hot, you know, seeing your wife kiss another girl. George was like blanched white. He was like, it was disgusting, I'm taking the kids home. <laughs> and my 13 year old at the time goes, I feel like a part of me died today. I was like, oh, oh my God. And my youngest one was like, I've really thought about it and I'm not lesbian. I go, look, you just saw two very old ladies kiss and that <laughs> should not at all <laughs> sully your idea of how wonderful love between two, I mean, it was a totally. shit show. I had to, everybody's in therapy, but. Um, yeah. You know, so I realized, you know, maybe not great having the family come to set too well, much. Well, I mean, you know, I, I said that in the, in the pilot when I'm doing like that kind of Californication-esque scene and the director's like, when are you gonna bring those guys to the set? Like, I couldn't bring my yeah. kids to the set of I don't know, let me find out what they're doing after school. Don't look, mommy's doing a scene. <laughs> um, go play in the thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one, I, I, you know, you think about the content and then you invite the kids later. Someone's at the door again. Oh, oh come in. <laughs> Hi. Anyway. Sh shut the fuck up, Allie. Yeah, let's wrap. All right, we're gonna wrap. I know, we're gonna wrap. Let's wrap, can we wrap on, can you, can we wrap on one little jewel from you about anything next season? Um, I, I, you know, I hope you guys don't mind. I'm not even gonna talk about that because I, I mean, it's percolating right now, but uh, I guess I would just share that I so appreciate uh, the response and the support and, you know, the way people are relating to the show. You know, it's not just uh, moms and, and women. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm getting such incredible uh, letters and, and and reactions, and I just feel like I'm doing it for people. I feel like it's elevating, and it feels good, and it's and it's a little bit dark, and it's a little bit dirty, which is where I'm comfortable. So, I appreciate all the support. Well, I I, I can say that I think it it hits a lot of different people. I don't I don't just think it's moms either. Um, I feel like I could write second season for you, but. That'd be great. No, that's not happening. Um, but, uh, but everybody really loves it, and it does resonate stuff. And it's the fine line in a show like this, it's very hard to have dramatic moments and also be so funny. And I find when I watch better things, I have moments where I laugh out loud, and then other moments where I do this thing like, oh, 
baby. Yeah. You know, and that's a really hard thing to do it, and you do it perfectly. Thank you. And I love this woman more than anything. Love this woman. Tammy Adlon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Nine Two Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92yondemand.org.